It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar store, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans, and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar, today we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street. And I can tell you something about Wayfair. It is the home of the Frosé, which is spelled F-R-O-S-E with the thing on top of that in the French style. What is that called, Stephanie, that E thing? Umlaut? No, that's no, German. It's, it's, mm. an, it's an, is, an accent? Is it not an accent? Is it? Anyway, it's F R. You speak this Espanol. Is, I don't know. You speak Espanol. What would Frosé be in Spanish? I don't then? Even. <laughs> this is Stephanie Grace, who's a what? A, what's your title? You're a columnist I'm a for the columnist Advocate. Columnist for the Advocate, and now the Times Picayune. So the Advocate. A, how how do you describe your I, newspaper? The Advocate well, Times Picayune. I have decided to tell people I work for the paper because it's That's easier than the paper. Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> there's only so one now. What is it officially called? It is officially called the New Orleans Advocate. Line the Times Picayune. Line, they're, they're as not in a, slash. Not a no, slash, like the straight up and down line. Straight up and down line. Yeah. Like a perpendicular line. That's the way line. we're supposed to type it. The, um, what, what is there a line on your keyboard? There is. There it is. Where is I it? I had to find it. <laughs> uh, this is Paul Tuneman. It depends, Paul it depends Paul upon your keyboard. Talking it does. I know. It depends upon your keyboard, but it's it, it's out there. But yeah, that's uh, got to be uh, certainly one of the longest uh, titles in journalism yes. history. Now, Paul, you know something about marketing. You're the CEO of Datdog. I, I am. So I am. you must oh. know a little bit about marketing. So uh, is that the stupidest bit. name I for took, a brand? I took a class once. Okay. Yes. So think back to when you were in school. What school was it? UNO, actually. UNO. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I think that Marketing probably... 301 with Lisa Palumbo. I still remember. Lisa Palumbo is my friend on Facebook. Is that what oh, she yeah. does? She's awesome. She's funny on I've Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Is she no, your friend on great. Facebook I, as well? I know, but I've heard her name, so maybe she should yeah. be. No, she's, 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 she's a professor she's, of business. Marketing. Marketing. Yes. Okay. Who knew that? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great, I have a whole great, new respect for her. She's very yeah. funny yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, she's a hoot. Lisa Palumbo's got a great name. That's why yes. I know. Okay, yes. so you and her class at UNO. UNO. Yes. Okay, and given your background now, you've been also, you were, weren't you the vice president of marketing at Canes? I was a senior vice fingers? president of business development at Raising Canes. At Raising Canes, it's called. I started okay, so when we know. had about 40 restaurants wow. and uh, left when he, we had a little over 300. Jesus wow. Christ. So why did That's you leave? That's how I got all this point? white hair. <laughs> why did you leave? Um, it, I hit my number, actually, to be honest. <laughs> well, why didn't you? Why didn't they? Why didn't they buy you into the company and no, make you no, a shareholder? No, I, I hit. Well, I was. So, I so just did you cash out, out and I get a huge out, amount of money? Home. Oh, good deal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, I actually was supposed to be uh, sailing in the Caribbean right about now, oh. but uh, got I arrested. Had, uh, you know, we have a mutual owner, Steph and I. I John George's is a John George's owns. I was going is, to say is that a minority should... owner in Dat Dog, along with his and he also, brother, along with his brother Constantine. Yes. Constantine seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth. I he, I've been encouraging him to stay in Greece lately. <laughs> He's working in Greece on his olive oil yes. empire. Okay. Yes, yes. He yes. is a funny guy. That... He, he is. He is. He's a character. But anyway, he's not coming back in the near future. Uh, no, actually, he's back on Friday. Oh. Okay, so that's so. good news. Yeah, well, so he's, it depends. Is he the, <laughs> good news for who? Uh, is he the majority shareholder? He is. Shareholder he is the majority so shareholder. So the boss will be back. 
I see. Nope. So that's not right. so good for you because you've been oh, getting no, away with no, a lot no, of we're shit. We're clear on who's the boss. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So John Georges <laughs> is Constantine's brother. Yes. Younger and he brother. He owns the. He owns the, the Times Picayune slash no. slash no, no, that's totally I, I, wrong. I think it might have another name, Baton or something. Um, Which one comes first, Advocate or Times Picayune? Uh, Advocate, uh, no, Times Picayune. The Times Picayune. Stephanie, get it right. <coughs> it, I, it, you know, it was it was changing until the last minute. And it's also NOLA.com, and of course, it's also Gambit. So it's also Gambit as well. Yeah. Okay, so back to the question. Okay. So given all this pedigree you have as a business person and a marketing expert and a graduate of Lisa Palumbo's class from UNO. There you go. Wouldn't you agree that that is the stupidest name for a brand of all time? <laughs> um, as I said, it is going to be go, go down in history as the longest name for our journalism right. tool in history. Remember, uh, I, I but guess it's yeah, that doesn't no. answer the question, but okay. Grant, I can't just, answer that there question. There was a time when it was <laughs> the Times Picayune states item, so that's yeah. also That's long. stupid as well. Yeah. And it eventually the, the states but, item you know, fell off. I think off. we should rename it the paper. I, I like that. That is a good idea. That is a very good idea. Yeah. Anyway, back to where I was. I, I would like a cut of the, that. The <laughs> Frosé is would, a frozen you cocktail. You go on GoDaddy.com and, and buy that URL oh, right now. What, the paper.com? The paper. You think it's available? I don't know. We could check it out. Can we? C-Rock isn't here today. We need to look oh, that up. If C-Rock was here, we could have bought that by now. We bought one other thing on the air one time. What did we buy? We bought like Fresh Valley Films or Can Fruit, I sell it to John Fruit George's? Valley That would be fun. Yes. Okay. okay, have a look. Go to GoDaddy.com. I must have been out for that show because I don't remember that at all. No, yeah, we bought, we bought something called um, Fruit Valley or something. There was a guy who was a, a filmmaker from California from the, from who lived in... Burbank or like Napa on Fruit Valley on like Fruit Valley Road and he made gay movies for real <laughs> no so I'm I was like, definitely why aren't they called Fruit shit. Valley Film so that it might not have been the word uh, Valley it was Fruit it's, taken. it's gone the paper is gone paper.com is gone no kidding Do we, yeah. can you find what out about, John George's bought it what about the <laughs> what about the paper nola.com check that out and anyway, listen let but me finish great, this now thing. you're getting now you're doing the same thing he did you're getting out there right. you're gonna yeah. make me some we money could, do you know how much money we can make on this I can we share in the profits from this all right. this is all gonna well, be yours the paper nola.com <laughs> is available nola, ah. the paper nola the paper nola, paper nola. yes what about the nola paper nola. that has a yeah, better ring yeah that's got a better ring to it thomas yeah. is right the nolapaper.com uh, fuck thomas i have the producer's eye sounds a bit like toilet paper Anyway, oh. listen, let me tell you about the Frosé. It's a frozen <laughs> cocktail made with dry rosé, vodka, St. Germain, Peixot's bitters, lemon juice, and a house-made strawberry slash basil syrup. No wonder it tastes so good. I would like to know where the... It does taste good, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I would like to know where the line is on my keyboard. Let me tell you about today's show. Today's show is brought to us by Nola Pens. Look at this pen, boys. Wow. And Stephanie. It's the only pen... Look, you're a professional writer. I am. Feel that. Write something with that pen. You can write on the tablecloth here at uh, Wayfair. It's the only pen made from a fallen Audubon Park live oak tree. They are one-of-a-kind, expertly crafted, limited edition writing instruments, and they're available (laughs) at nolapens.com. Isn't that great? Really, seriously. It's really nice. What did you write? What was the first word you wrote? The paper. paper. Good thinking. (laughs) And thanks to the Basics on Magazine Street, which is near Jefferson Avenue, at Basics underneath you can find fine lingerie, and at Basics Swim and Gym you can find a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. And the Positive Vibrations Foundation create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. And if you'd like to join our Patreon family, you go to patreon.com and search for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And for as little as $1, you can become a member of our Happy Hour family 
and get all sorts of free exclusive stuff. I haven't introduced you yet to Ben Shooter and Sean Doyle from The Bummers. Good afternoon, The Bummers. How you doing? What's up? I'm good. How are you doing? We're doing pretty good. We got some free drinks. You got free drinks. And Ben, I've seen Ben because Ben works in the kitchen here Mm -hmm. as a chef and also was on the show once before with his own music. That's right. And since then, you've got purple hair. Yes, yes. How long ago did you get it? I got purple hair um, right before we went on tour. I was like, I need to do it. I'm just going to go do it because it's going to look really cool when we're playing all the shows and we're on the road. And we we actually just got back from from doing uh, the majority of those tour dates. And did it? improve anything in your life at all the hair color the ladies love it is that true Sean? absolutely that's what you found yes he's a good looking kid oh, yeah. yeah you're good looking without the purple hair but you think yeah. the purple hair adds it, it to enhances it it gets a lot of absolutely. attention i was gonna say you get a lot of play huh but we yeah. also uh, we also like got a lot of people i think you know when we stop for gas in places and there are lots of old people looking at me disapprovingly is that right what do they think that you're like Where'd you tour branson missouri <laughs> well we had to we had to drive all the way up first from the south we uh, we worked our way down from uh, Buffalo, New York. So, oh, really? You yeah. flew to Buffalo or something? No, no we, we, uh, we, we drove, drove all we the drove way to Buffalo. Band. Oh, yeah. it was Without playing a single gig? No. It was wow. the biggest test our band's ever gone through. <laughs> 20, wow. 20 straight hours together. And, and, the, and we nailed it. We loved it. Wow. Were you in a car or a van or what? We had a van. Yeah, we got a big van for this okay. one. Okay. Hey, listen, if you tuned into this looking for Andrew Duhon, he's not here, he's on the road. If you're looking for him, he could be in a town near you. He's traveling all over the country. Go to andrewduhon.com and see if Andrew's in a town near you. So why did you go all the way to Buffalo without stopping on the way playing a gig? Who organized the tour? Well, we actually went first through Montgomery, New York to record a couple new songs with a friend of ours, John McClario. And uh, that went fantastically. And we went straight to Buffalo from there. Okay. And uh, our bassist, who's not with us right now, has been with us for three years. He's from Buffalo originally. He's so. not with us right now. Did he die or something? <laughs> he's not with us right now. He's not with room. us in this room. Yes. Okay, but he's still yeah, he with us. He survived the tour. He made. Okay. He yes. and our he and our drummer and our manager are, like, are texting us right now as we yeah. speak, giving okay, us notes. <laughs> Look better. Be better. Say something intelligent. <laughs> they yeah. want they want Sean to take off his hat and show his hair. I won't but. do it though. Why? What's your hair like? Oh, it's totally normal. It's just wet. It's wet <laughs> yeah. from taking a shower yes. or other means? Okay, that's Not other that's means. That's perfectly normal. So you have a new record, The Bummers. Yes. It's we... called Dairy Beach. Uh-huh. So it's not vegan. It is not. <laughs> it, there's a lot of dairy in there. I What's... mean, there's always the, the vegan alternative. There's always the nut milk. The non-dairy <laughs> nut milk beach. Oh, oh, oh. It's dairy beach. Except in Louisiana, you're not allowed to call that milk anymore. You know? Yeah, well, I, heard, I heard about that. It's yeah. not milk anymore. Yeah. What? I don't know what you call it. But. Because we had the the politicians had to protect the dairy producers. Are you serious? This yep. is not a joke. Is it no, nut? Is it nut juice? What is it? That's so <laughs> suggestive. <laughs> That's terrible. They were concerned because you truth. couldn't discern the difference. In case you bought nut milk thinking it was milk made by nuts, not with nuts. I'm sure somebody in Shreveport was trying to figure out how to milk an almond. (laughs) Therefore, we had to come up with some legislation. (laughs) Okay, come on. How do you guys hear this stuff? Is it in the news? Do you oh, ha- the Louisiana legislature at work. So You're Stephanie, talking to a reporter, Grant. Well, that's what I'm just wondering, because yeah. you're a columnist. Yes. Does that mean you just get to say anything you feel well, like saying, or it, do you have to actually report And I the should news? say about that bill, there, there are a lot of kinks to be worked out. We don't know exactly how it's going to play out. The oh, so it's not the law yet? It, it is the law, but it's written. It has not taken effect yet, and it's a little confusing how it will. Um, I get to... 
I mean, I, I don't make stuff up. I'm not supposed to do that, and <laughs> okay. I would not do that. And I try to stick to tr- the, you know, the truth. I don't take people out of context. I don't misrepresent them. But beyond that, I can kind of. But you can say whatever you I want. I can. So yes. you're paid to write columns, which yes. means that you have free reign. If to somebody say gets stuff. me mad, I can write about it, and I get paid for that, and I can put it on Twitter, and I watch people retweet it. I watch it go around the world, and that's kind of fun. And do people hate you? Some do, yes. And what's that like? Um, I well, can tell you what that's like. <laughs> Actually, what, how is it like? What's it like for you? It's interesting. Sometimes um, the ones that kind of entertain me the most are the ones that will, they get their talking points. They haven't thought through. They've heard something and they believe it. You know, fake news. That's the current one. There have right, been many right. others and they'll call me and, and um, you know, what they heard on Fox News maybe and they'll throw that at me and I'll ask them sometimes if they get me on the phone, what do you mean by that? Like, use your own words. And that usually... <laughs> It stops there because they but, can't. But you, you know. say something. You'll say something like the governor is a complete moron. Yes, I, I don't think this. Governor that was better is a when moron. Bobby Jindal was the governor. I, I, it was easier to say that. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But you were allowed to say something like that because um, that's your opinion. Or, I can, but that's not how I would say it. I so would show would, it. There's, you know, in journalism, there's saying versus showing, and you know, you can kind of show something moronic that he did, and people will. The takeaway that he was that was moronic. But some other well, people might characterize think. him as an individual, which many were disappointed. In Bobby Jindal himself. Yes. Yes. Whatever happened to Bobby Jindal? Do we know? That's a good yes. question. He, Where is he today? He's in Baton Rouge and sometimes L.A. He is working for a company that um, it's a healthcare company that one of the things they do is Medicaid plans. Of course, he was very much against Medicaid when he was governor, yeah, that's but now he's making money off of it. He has a periodic column in the Wall Street Journal, so for wow. people who want to know what he's thinking, they that's where they can go. Okay, well, um, that's interesting. So you go to Baton Rouge and you cover politics. Yes. That's what you do. So you have to know what's going on. Yes. You can't just sit at home and read the paper and then write a comment. I, I can. You know, there's a lot that's online now, so I can sit in my PJs and watch the legislature in the morning and drink coffee and multitask. You can. I can. So you don't have to go to Baton Rouge and hobnob with people. I do do sometimes, but I also sometimes do it at my kitchen table in my PJs, I will admit. (laughs) Is this a well-paid gig? Is this like Uh, a coveted job? You know, it's a coveted job in journalism. It's when you say well-paid, you know, that's not really the journalism world we live in these days. It's a a pretty rough industry these days. So, but it's fun. Yeah. Did you, did they start paying people less and less in the newspaper business? Oh, yeah. So everyone's income is going down. Yes. And has it hit rock bottom? Oh, boy, I hope so. (laughs) Yes. It's really interesting what's happening. So I get my journalistic information from a guy who drives a red van around my neighborhood. Okay. Where does he get it? He delivers the newspaper. Oh, thank you. So you subscribe. You pay. Uh, No. We appreciate that very, very much. You don't pay. No. I canceled my subscription ages ago. But you still get the paper for free? No, no. But I talk (laughs) to the guy who delivers it. Oh, okay. Because he's been delivering the paper in my neighborhood for years. And so he stops and talks to me. And I canceled. It I can't I, support that. I'm sorry. But I, I canceled need, it because I have a mortgage. I'll tell you why I canceled it because I read it online. And, and so that the next is, day I get in the paper. I'm sure. like, I already read this stuff that, online. Yesterday. And I have the same reaction. And that was a tragic mistake that news organizations made at the dawn of the internet era. And um, it's a big problem. And and there is the thinking was that there would be the 
the revenue model was built so much on advertising. So one of the first things that happened was Craigslist. So remember how, remember right. classified sections? Sure. Those of us who are a little older, <laughs> maybe not you guys. They were big and fat, and if you had a car to sell or you had a you were looking for a pet or something, that you would buy a classified ad. That we, we still do this. You do that. You buy. I don't think you have to pay for the well, ad anymore. See, that's though. the issue. Yeah. So that was where my mortgage payments came from. <laughs> so that happened, and advertising, you know, drifted to the internet, and there is some money to be made off of internet advertising. It's it's much less than in print, and a lot of it is siphoned off by. I don't mean to get too serious here, but Google, Facebook, right? Um, which you know they don't produce the product; they just kind of get the product, distribute the product, and they get the ad revenue, and we don't. So it's a pretty existential crisis in the business right now. It I will sure say. is. So what happened to paying for online subscriptions? Like I pay to get the. To read the New York Times. I pay 20 bucks a month for that. Yes. So why Um, don't I pay to get the advocate slash line Times for Cune? If if you noticed, you would have started paying. Um, We're drifting in that direction. We started actually the same day we won the Pulitzer. We announced a pay pay model. So in the morning, everybody hated us because we announced that they'd have to pay. In the afternoon, they loved us because we won a Pulitzer. And then a couple weeks later, we bought the picky. And so it's been a really, um, it's been quite the ride. But I noticed that that pay thing came up and then it seems to have gone away again. It's, we're we're in this transition now to the new paper. It's going to come back. And it's, you know. I'm going to eventually have to pay to read it online. If you want to read the full paper, if you want to read a lot online, you'll have some individual. And that's what a lot of local papers are doing. What What the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, the Wall Street Journal, what they are able to do is... Um, charge a, a substantial um, subscription because they have worldwide readership because of what they cover and they have invested in their staff so they still provide a really good product you know you can't destroy as your product as opposed to and, no we do but, but some local papers <laughs> what has happened well the old time speaking and I was I was there for years and they um, fired you or did you they quit did, it was a complicated I they took my job away and gave me a different job, and then I quit. So, but that was what was the new job they gave? You? The new job was janitorial. Um, no, no, it was my old job actually. So I was a city hall reporter before I became a columnist, and they um, decided they wanted someone with a different political point of view in 2012. So they gave my column to somebody else and asked me to go back and be a city hall reporter again, which is. Hmm. Problematic City because, Hall in New Orleans. which is great. That would be it the was worst a, place to hang it out. It was a great I job. I loved it at the it? time, but at that point, I'd been writing columns for nine years, which means I told everybody what I think of them. So <laughs> and then to you have go, to go down to City Hall and report, and on. then go back and say, "Never mind." It just would not. It would not have worked, and wow. it wasn't appealing to me. Pretty funny. So I walked. And ended up doing the same job at The Advocate. And then the Times-Picayune came to me seven years oh, later. How crazy. So yeah, it's the Times-Picayune sort of turned into, it seemed like, a farm team for The Advocate. Yes. Everybody that the mm-hmm. Advocate, that the Times-Picayune trained up and made them into good reporters, then they then fired them and they all then they went to The Advocate. The Pulitzer Prize winning team at The Advocate all came from The Times-Picayune, yeah. most, all, of, all except That's one. That's why I can't understand why The Advocate bought The Times-Picayune. Do you ever talk to John Georges? Do you ever talk I, to John Georges, Paul? I do, but I don't talk about papers. You didn't ask him why he bought it? I don't, no. Why didn't they just wait till it died, which could only be weeks it, away? Well, you know why it wouldn't die was because of NOLA.com. Right. NOLA.com was, was a very the, strong brand. Was, yes. yes. And that which was sort of Which you think would be good enough to save it because everyone's going online. So right. why didn't yeah. that save the Times-Picayune? Because there's very little money in online. <laughs> so. Is there real? And there's and, no... There's probably a lot of factors that come there's into play, Grant. There's a lot. Grant, and, and uh, yeah, I would say, you know, I mean, obviously NOLA.com was the moneymaker. Uh, 
I would say Times Picayune was the uh, money spender. Um, and so right. consolidation made sense. And, and it'll be interesting to see what happens as right. a result of that. And there are no markets, certainly not this size and certainly not with this level of, you know, kind of economic, you know, not very well off markets that have two papers anymore. So it right. was never going to happen that this the, was permanent. But the was going to One was going to blink. Was going to die. Blinked. Right. I don't anyway. know. That and, it was not necessarily going to die. He was He did. He tried that to. That was his first. It was. He, he went after that first. Who, who did? John. 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 He went after oh, the Times okay. Picayune In 2012, first, when the Picayune announced it was cutting a lot of. Advocate. Yeah. And, and then moved, never gave up his passion. And his moved passion it into to, New Orleans, you know, created this big New Orleans office sta- staffed by former Times Picayune employees. And um, we've been kind of fighting it out ever since. Now, the new, now, no. Until recently, the Times Picayune had this very wealthy family behind it, the New Houses. So now we have the Georgeses. And yes, which is a local family. Also wealthy. <laughs> but we yes. had it was an out of town family that didn't want to give up. So they that, kept on that's, putting money into it, yes. hoping that it was going to work out. Yes. Okay, so back to my newspaper delivery guy. Okay. He tells me, as of today or yesterday, whenever I talked to him last, that even though now he works for the Advocate and the Times Picayune, he's not delivering any more papers. It's the same number of papers. So he has a different and route. We have more deliveries. His prediction now. is the whole thing is going to go under and there won't be any newspaper. Well, Everyone's well, going to be reading it online. To, I, tried, I keep trying to get him to stop delivering the paper. We actually don't <laughs> the pay free for one. it, but we get it. That's how it works for me. And, and it, I don't and think it ends up like get it every day. Litter. I get it every day. Yeah. But you I've don't never pay paid for, for it. it. Yeah. Yeah. How long has it been going on for? Uh, a few years. That's what happened to me. That's yeah. how I know this newspaper and delivery so it's, guy. I mean, I, I just the the hassle is, is I got to go out and pick it up and throw it in the trash. Which, <laughs> which paper Otherwise, were it ends up in the ca- in the catch basin. Okay. And right. then we have flooding. Well, this is why I tell you what happened to me. This guy delivered my newspaper every day for years, and I assume that they gave it to me for free because they just want to get the subscription numbers up. And they don't care if it's free because they want to say that 25,000 people or 125,000 people read it. So one day he says to me, this guy, hey, you're not paying for the paper. You haven't paid in like three years. I'm like, I know. And he said, well, that's not right. I said, well, why do you keep giving to me? He said, well, I thought you were paying for it. He said, you owe me $380 or $830 or whatever it is. I'm like, Did you pay the man? No, I said, okay. I'm not paying for it. I don't want the paper. Anyway, so I settled on it. And he said, well, anyway, how it works is they give him the paper. Yeah. And he buys the paper off the Times-Picayune line, NOLA Advocate or whatever it's called. And then he has to pay them 25 cents for a paper and he gets 50 cents for it. So he's losing 25 cents every time that's he throws been, you and Sean, you the paper. the 60s. Mm-hmm. So you're costing this guy money, but no, when I when I delivered papers, you would buy them yeah. from. So you the were a paper guy. delivery boy. I was. Where was that? Yeah, that was actually in Blacksburg, Virginia. Okay. Yeah, as a as a young lad. And is it true according Home to you? Home of the fighting Hokies. Hokies. There right? you go. Hey, yes. Thomas, there good job. There we go. Wow. Hey, before I want to get on to Pittsburgh. Because it says here in my bio that you li- you lived on the streets in Pittsburgh. I had a uh, Home, had an interesting as a childhood. Person. Is that uh, true? To say the least. Yes, it was. And whenever my wife complains about it being cold in the house, <laughs> I said, spend a winter in the bathroom of an Exxon station, and then you can tell me about it being cold inside. Um, oh, any any season would be bad in the bathroom of an Exxon station, I would think. Spring yeah, would be pretty. So it was, well, you know, I mean, listen, I had a had a had uh, an interesting childhood. Uh, my parents passed away when I was young. Uh, I always say I was raised by wolves. Uh, and, you know, my escape was to 
literally just pick up and leave and uh, meandered around uh, Maryland, Virginia, and Pennsylvania for a while. So hang on, go back for one sec. Both your parents died, how old were you? Uh, so let's see, my father died in, uh, when I was in uh, sixth grade, and my mother committed suicide in the living room when I was in seventh grade. In the living room? Yeah. Were you at home at the time? No, I was not. How, uh, how did she pull that off? How did she pull it off? Did she shoot herself? Yes, she did, actually. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so how old were you? Uh, so let's see, I was probably about 13. Yeah. Wow, so your dad and, had died uh, when you, a few years before. Uh, the year before. My mother died the year later. Um, so she was depressed from... Uh, as an you know, my mother, was a, uh, my, mother was a, my mother was a tortured soul, is the best way I can put it. I mean, she clearly loved me uh, very much, but... Um, you know, I think chased, uh, you know, chased a lot of demons, um, you know, but so, you know, Grant, I mean, the, the short story is, is it was an interesting childhood, um, faced a, a lot of adversity. So nobody took care of you after this tragedy? Uh, you I just actually, I out lived with, um, my stepmother who was uh, a rather brutal woman. Uh, I don't actually mind naming her on the show, Janice Martin, who lives in Christiansburg, Virginia. And, okay, we uh, can Facebook her right now. There you, she's on Facebook. Uh, yeah, okay. no, Janice used to, uh, Janice used to beat me. Uh, and one of my sort of most memorable moments in my life was Janice beating me until I passed out. And then when I came to, she would beat me for passing out. And I then explained to her that if she continued to do that, I would pass out again. Um, and I had to have been probably, uh, I want to say probably a sophomore or junior in high school when that happened. And yeah, You're a big guy. Right now you're like six something. I wasn't then. You weren't a big yeah. guy. No, I was. Did you, uh, did you think of hitting him back at that point? Uh, you know what? I, I'm a pretty tenacious motherfucker. And I actually would sit on my hands. To not, and basically, wow. uh, without daring her, you know, just you know, stare her down, and you know, like, beat me as hard as you want. It's okay. I'm not going to fight back. Um, and wow. I don't know why I reacted in that fashion. Um, Have you been in therapy? Oh shit, tons. And what <laughs> do they? How do they explain well, that? So here's the thing. I mean, you know, for me, it was about. Listen, everybody has. Uh, everybody gets cards dealt in life, and it okay. really is how you play them. Okay, and you know there are two things. Is one, um, you know, somebody once asked me if I could ever do it over again, would I make it different? And I would say no, because I am the individual who I am today because of that. You don't think you'd be principally the same if what's your name was it? Jen? I don't didn't beat the shit out. You know, I mean, who knows? But I'm I'm a, I'm very okay with who I am today. Right. So I don't want to. I don't really wouldn't want to change that. Um, you think if you went back, any little thing in your life that you change, any little tiny detail of your life would alter the sum total of where you are today, including being beaten to almost uh, death as a know, child? I don't. I can't really say that, honestly, Grant, that I would want to go and do that. Um, and I think okay. you know, it becomes you get to a point. You know, I'm at 58, and it's sort of like you get to a point. You're like kind of look back, and it's like, okay, you know. First of all, as I say, I'm in my land yap years. Never expect to live this long. Uh, How long do you think you're going to live for? I was shooting for the 40s. 40? Yeah. Like so mid-40s. you're way over. Okay. I'm way over. Yeah, I'm like way the fuck over. And, you <laughs> okay. know, I had somebody recently, an actuary, you know, they were like, oh, you're probably going to live to be 92. And I was like, shit. 
Someone predicted that you can find out the actual yeah, insurance well, actually. Like yeah, exactly. Insurance like a health insurance people, investment advisors, and they're like, all right, you might want to plan to, 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 to live to what 92. Did they look at your medical records? or how did All they... kinds of stuff, okay. yeah. Oh. And so you kind of figure it out, and you're like, all right, so yeah. what are you going to do? So I got a good another 34 years in, in me. Wow. And uh, so I'm uh, looking keep, forward to those. Better keep drinking. I know. I you need another drink. get a Stella over here. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> we can hook you up with that. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's it really, it, but then along the way, uh, I met some really incredible human beings in my life. And the impact that, you know, I'll start with uh, poor Mr. Surface was my shop teacher when I was in high school. Mr. Surface. Mr. Surface. He's no longer alive because I've tried to go back and find him and thank him. But Mr. Surface did two things. One is he didn't crucify me, and two, he shot me how. To, he taught me how to shake a hand. Mr. And, Surface. You know, I mean, I was in shop and thought one day it would be really awesome to try and arc weld a uh, a 12 gauge <laughs> shell uh, until it went off. And, you know, he was a little upset with that. Is that? Did you have it on a vice? Yeah, I did. I did, but the you slug still... You put 12-gauge shell on the vice and, and, then, and put an arc water on the end of it. Yeah. What yeah. did you think? was? How old were you at this point? It's probably... What are you, like 16? Okay, and how do you get a, a shotgun shell into shot class? You just had that in your pocket? Shit, it was the 70s. <laughs> I mean, come on. You, you can, had you, that in you your can, pocket, though? You, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't really know how we came across this, but... Um, wow. Yeah, so there's Mr. Surface. Hit, so you were like the Dick Cheney of uh, shot. And then... Um, then I went and joined the military, uh, which was pretty productive. That sounds uh, like it was a good idea. Yeah, it was a good idea, and um, it was... Uh, what branch were you in? I was in the Navy, and in uh, yeah. late 1984, I was getting ready to do my fourth deployment overseas. And when you're in a unit, you rotate out. As other people go back to shore, they come back. And all these people were rotating out, coming back, rotating out, coming back, and I was still there. And so somebody was like, dude, like, why are you still here? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm not fucking going overseas one more time. So I called Washington, and Washington was like, well, yeah, why are you still there? I'm like, well, because I haven't gotten any orders. And so they said to me, they're like, well, you don't have enough time in your enlistment left to go back to stateside, so you're going to have to stay. And I was like, extend my enlistment. So they extended my enlistment, which is why I did six years, six months, and six days in the United States Navy. And when I got back to shore, um, not only did I have long hair, but I had a very bad attitude. And uh, Where were you this whole time? So I was over, at, at that point, I was in Mombasa, Africa. Mombasa? Mombasa, Africa. Uh, what do you do all day in the, the Navy when you're in Mombasa, Africa? You know, uh, nothing, not really. nothing beneficial. Nothing. Nothing beneficial. So... Um, I come back stateside, I'm walking around on base, and then I meet a, another individual, positive influence in my life. Uh, Commander John, John G. Neeb comes from a long lineage of naval officers, and he walks up to me and he's like, hey, sailor, what's up with your hair? And my immediate response is, what the fuck's it to you? And so I actually have this letter uh, that John wrote me decades later about this incident where he said I could have squashed you like a bug. For some reason, he took me to get a haircut. So John takes me to get a haircut. About 45 days later, I'm in a meeting. We kind of debate whether it's 30, 45, 60 days later, but I'm in a meeting with Roberta Hazard, who is the first ever female rear admiral in the Navy. The most impressive 
woman I've ever met in These the service. These people have got great names. Mr. Surface, Admiral and, Hazard. Uh, yeah, so the whole thing. I'm in this meeting, and she asks she, she asks for some feedback, and I, I, I give her some feedback, and um, we'll just say I didn't frame it correctly. Um, and she, her response to me was, well, Sailor, who is actually responsible for you? And I said, well, that gentleman in the front row. And... So the meeting concludes, and John sends somebody to come find me, and John is pissed. And he's like, you know, like, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, you jumped the chain of command. I said, well, actually, I didn't. I said, I asked my master chief. He said it was none of my business. So I asked my lieutenant. He said it was none of my business. So I figured I'd ask the admiral. Um, and his final said, well, if you think you can do better, do it yourself. And I was like, okay. And um, two years later, uh, I left the Navy. This was during the, and you will remember this, this was during the Ronald Reagan era where we were spending thousands of dollars for hammers and all of this stuff. And I had put together, a, John and I had worked on a, procurement management program, uh, saved the government a, a shit ton of money. Uh, I got a presidential accommodation, a Naval Achievement Medal, all, all kinds of good stuff. And then I picked up my toys and left. Wow. Yeah. And that's how you got out of the Navy. That's how I got out of the Navy. And I came right back to where I started was the restaurant business, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of what I've known my entire life. This is life. a good story. Listen, hang on. So, Wait up, story. everybody. We're going to take a very, very quick break, and we're going to come back and hear some music from the Bummers. So there we go. you guys get those guitars out. We're going to come back and listen to a song from Dairy Beach. We'll be right back after this. And we're back on Happy Hour with Paul Tournament, Stephanie Grace, Sean Doyle, and Ben Shooter from the Bummers. And the Bummers are going to play us a song. Off. Are you going to play us a song off the new album? Yes. Okay, the new album is called Dairy Beach, and this song is called what? This song is called Fountain Blue Storage 2. It's the second track off Dairy Beach. And this one, um, this one we mainly wrote, um, our drummer Fox Capone wrote a lot of this in the beginning, a lot of the music for it. And then he was like, he was like, you guys should uh, come up with the lyrics for it and it, it should be about like, it should be about like a ghost ship and space and stuff like that. So I just okay. ran with that. So you're both doing vocals on this, right? Yeah, he's going to be mostly singing. Okay, I'll so help him. Yeah. Thank you. Okay.
song about like a failed space mission where yeah. everyone's gonna die absolutely and you nailed it and it's called fountain blue storage unit. yes are you familiar with fountain blue storage yeah it's, yes. so, it's like owned by the tepatinas foundation or something i believe it is it's also it's, where it's a rehearsal maybe yes exactly right it's yeah. where many new orleans musicians rehearse and have studios and we've been there for about a year maybe a little more yeah and it's notorious for how Disgusting it is. Okay. <laughs> so we wrote a song about dying inside of it. Dying inside the Thunderboy storage yes. unit. As a spaceship, though. So you have a, a rehearsal space there. Yes. We have uh, we have a nice studio that we split with uh, two other bands. Um, one's called Elephants Gerald. Our drummer Fox. Uh, Ele- elephant. Elephants Gerald. Elephants. Not elephants. Not, not elephants Gerald. <laughs> elephants. We share a room with Gerald. Elephants Gerald. Okay. Um, and is, then, that, is it Tulane and Carrollton? Yes, is, that, is okay. on Tulane Ave. 
Oh. It used to be motels or something. Yeah. There's still some apartments there, actually. Really? Yeah. The, the, People live the in The practice space rooms inside of it have the little nook that was like the bathroom or something. <laughs> the first room that we had in there had like a bathtub in it that was just had, it had like a plank of wood over it. Yeah. Wow. And we were like, we should store like something in here, just a little hiding place. I don't think we ever did though. So there are actually still people living in that building on Tulane Avenue and... I don't think they're in the building. It's like a whole complex. Well, there's like, so there's yeah. an apartment complex, I think, attached to it. There's okay. a storage area, there's a studio area, and then there's a living area. Okay. So can we steal this music of yours off of Spotify and everything? Oh, yes. absolutely. We so are it's all over the place? All over the place. All, all okay. over. I don't think it, any anything you can name, we're probably on it. Please okay. go yes. on Spotify. Spotify oh, is, look at it. Yeah. I'm I'm very impressed with the stuff. It's hard, a little bit hard to tell from that song, but some of the stuff that I've heard of yours, especially some of the songs on this new record, Dairy Beach, sound. I know this is going to sound terrible. It sounds sort of like John Lennon and Paul McCartney. That doesn't sound terrible to me. No. Like, what's terrible <laughs> about that? Yeah. It's really interesting how great you guys can sing together, how uh -huh. your harmonies. You sound just like, have you, has anyone ever mentioned that too? Uh, not that, no. That's a, that's a great thing to hear. That actually. is a great yeah. thing to hear. P people do tell us that our voices sound really good together. Mm -hmm. And we've been playing together for almost five years now. So after how a while... We were at Tulane. It was the first day of songwriting class, I think. That's right. <laughs> really? so, yeah. yeah. And we were the only two people who were 30 minutes early. So <laughs> I kind of walked right up to him and was like, you play guitar, don't you? He had like this leather jacket on with like a fuck authority pin. <laughs> you know, just you could tell from a mile away that this kid ripped the guitar. Uh -huh. So I, you know, we just started up a conversation yeah. and we're like, let's play some music together. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the other guys in the band too. We had uh, our bass player Clay was the first person at Tulane I met, like at the streetcar with his mom and my mom <laughs> before even and getting I, there. I still have, I still have Clay's very first like little record that he gave me at that moment wow. his, uh, from his high school band. Wow. <laughs> so and, the uh, Bummers was meant to be. So where did you guys come from? Where did you move from, Ben? Uh, I, I am originally from Little Falls, New Jersey. New Jersey? And I'm from, from Media, Pennsylvania. Okay. Oh, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Just outside Philadelphia. And where's the other guy from? What's his name? Clay, Clay. is from, Clay is from, uh, East Aurora. East Aurora, New, New York. York, and our drummer Fox is from Nashville. Well, so, and everyone's still here, obviously. Oh, yeah, we all live here. in New Orleans. Um, and did you learn how to write a song? This in song songwriting class? Uh, I think we more learned how not to write a song. Uh, really? <laughs> I think what, what that was the better takeaway. What department is that? I didn't know that was an academic. It's class. one of the uh, fresh. They do like a freshman requirement right. elective, okay. and it was one of those. Okay. So it was the first class we took. Okay. Um, so, do you know what it, Stephanie? What it costs to go to Tulane? Uh, a lot. <laughs> is it like sixty thousand dollars a year? Yeah, it's it's an. You arm didn't really pay yeah. sixty thousand dollars a year to learn how to write songs. No, I, I had a pretty good scholarship, but I also I, I had two majors. I didn't major in music. So I say it's something to what fall back on. Yes, I majored in communications and okay. music. Oh, that's okay. uh, <laughs> And how about you? Thanks. Um, I, <laughs> Sorry, I was, so did I. I was a music major. I, I tried to double major with communications, and it just didn't work out. But I have a, 
I had the studio art minor. That's okay. what I ended up with as well. But all these things are low-income type jobs, aren't they? Unless you got really famous as a songwriter, yeah. of course. Well, there's ways to... Do, I mean, songwriting, certainly. But how can fame. you justify spending $60,000 I mean, a year to get it? Lennon and McCartney, I think, did okay. They've done pretty good. So if that's well, one of them's dead, so well, I don't know how okay, good he did, really. But okay. I think, that, I think that the music part was definitely a sideshow for me, at least, in college, because I definitely wanted to learn music in college, but I, I couldn't justify spending that much money to go, to go study only so music. What did you think you could end up doing? That, working in I was looking into marketing. Um, right. that, I came in marketing, and the business school kicked the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do now? You're, you're in a band. You're a musician. Uh, you a, we do do we all else? work in restaurants. Right. Yeah, service so industry. Ben works here yeah. at Wayfair. I where, don't where work anywhere right now. Uh, I was working at Jack Rose in the Pontchartrain Hotel. Oh, yeah. Um, but the last couple months, I've just been kind of doing odd sound jobs because I'm I'm trying to work in sound, but it's <laughs> not too easy to find a steady a Tom steady gig. Hook, yeah. Welcome to your communications manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I learned the yeah. hard way. Um, yeah. Well, Paul, tell us okay. about what it's like working at Debt Dog. Uh, it's what, actually awesome. So, What do you have to do all day? Um... You know, I get to hang out. First of all, I'm very fortunate as I get to work with really great people and really good food. And those, I always say... Really in the, good in, food? In it's the, hot dogs. In the, yeah, but... How it, good is that? Really? Grant, have you never been to Dad? Yeah, I've been to Dad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is it that good that you can eat them every day? I think every they're day? that good and not just because well, my you, own my boss owns... Grant, yeah, you have Grant to, don't yes. eat them every day. Don't eat them every day. <laughs> don't eat them every day. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Okay. But I think if you come about one and a half time, one time a week, I'll be okay. Okay, once a week. Once so a week. how often are you eating hot dogs? Um, it ebbs and flows. So when we do R&D, I eat a shit ton of hot dogs. Okay. Uh, so when we do research and development, I'll probably, I don't know, I'll probably have six or seven in a day uh, as we're but starting you, but that's to develop research. new... Right. So you're not eating an entire hot dog. Are you you're eating like no, a bite but, of And your the, actuary told you that you're going to live to know. Yeah. yeah. Good, well, this, good was, this, is, this was <laughs> this was this was in between. This is when I was supposed to be sailing oh, for a living. This so is this after was after the fried chicken and before the hot dogs. Before the hot dogs, okay. exactly. Uh, okay. But uh, I'm very fortunate in that uh, we have uh, just great employees, um, and I think the uh, the See, brand you haven't answered has. the question though. What do you do? Uh, well, I'm supposed to be the CEO, so I do run the company. Um, okay. I spend an what inordinate does, amount that, of time yeah. on uh, really three things, finance, marketing, and research and development. For real? For real. Um, so you're in charge of research and development at a hot dog company? Yeah, but I have a bunch of 16-year-olds that help me out. And um, So what have you discovered? What R&D is? What is the sort well, of cutting edge you know, of the hot dog we did piece? have um, I had a, I had a young man clearly... Um, Smoked a lot of weed, came up with a suggestion, called it the bunier, in which you would take a hot dog okay. bun, squash it, throw it in the fryer, pull it out, toss it in uh, powdered sugar, oh. and it wasn't that Dang. great. Oh. Sounds I good. I was so excited. I know. <laughs> it's it good good sound good? Yes. I was, good potential. Potential. I was no, like, when he told me this, I was like, fuck, that's going to be incredible. I thought you were going to deep fry the whole hot dog. But, you know, so in September we're coming out, and this is my late, and this is sort of when everybody was like, whoa. So I went and got a sticky bun. You know, like the shitty sticky buns that you get at the, you see at the gas station? Yeah. I got a bunch of those sticky buns, put them on the char boiler. Charboiled a sticky bun and okay. then put a scoop of Creole creamery vanilla oh. ice cream on top of it. 
And one kid came up to me and he was like, boss, you smoked a lot of weed as a kid, didn't you? <laughs> and I was like, I cannot answer that question, but this is going to be incredible. And it is. You can't grill it. You have to charboil it because okay. you got to get some of that burnt, crystallized sugar on it. And this but is going to be available at Dad Dog? Yes, in the fall. Okay. I will, I will so be there. Don't see, worry. But this, what's see, it called? That's, okay, now, that's what I call that's a job. what I do. Okay. Okay? Did you guys come up with a clever name for that? I want to know. No, but talk, we will take, uh, you know, let, let, feel free to you so know, phone in with some suggestions. It's sticky because of the cinnamon, right? It's a cinnamon It's a cinnamon drizzle, bun, but it, it has to be a shitty cinnamon bun. You have okay, to go, it can't be a good, it can't be like a good one, because I've already tried that. Okay. The good see, one would just fall apart See, this is what you have to grill. do, is you have to get bad ones, you have to grill them, you have to charboil them, you have to get good ones, you have to grill them, and you have to charboil them. And you gotta, you're, so you're eating a lot of sticky buns with ice cream, <laughs> trying to figure out is, what's the magic formula. Right. And so now we so, have it. So it's got to be a uh, sort of a stale type. Right. Uh, yeah, just kind of, you or know, like that old school little, yeah, yeah. But yes. It, so it's a bad sticky bun, but good ice cream is what you're saying. Very good ice okay. cream. Yes. Mm. And charboil it. Don't grill it. Mm. Okay. Does it that improve ch- the quality, the charboiling? Um, or is it still a shitty just, sticky it, bun? You know what? It's like life. Everything contributes to the final mm. experience. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> but you wouldn't go back and change anything. So I would not. I would not. So the experiment. But I have. There's no such thing as a failed experiment. I have 34 experiment. years left, and so I can finish this puppy out exactly how I want right. to. Eat as many hot dogs as you want. Do you think that 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 34 years could change, to given the circumstances? Like if you kept you eating know, these, listen, it's know, not it's, a given. God didn't suggest I, I, I that. It was some wife, guy in a car. I, I tell my wife this: It's like, listen, if I go, don't ever mourn. I've I've got my money's worth. So I feel like I've lived a very, I've, I've been very fortunate. I've lived a really good life. I've so you'd done, be happy to die today, uh, right now. Well, let's yeah. slow down a little bit, Grant. Yeah. I mean, Come on. Find a middle ground somewhere I mean, between 30 Is that what you're saying? You wouldn't care, you wouldn't right care if you died yeah, right after I mean, this beer, not until you finish this beer. We should celebrate my life. In fact, my wife has already started planning out uh, sort of the, the, the run of show for my for your my, funeral. My funeral. Yes. Uh, Does she have a, like, do you have a big life insurance policy? No. I'm sure she's not going to do anything. But No, no, no. Oh, no, I'm not worried about that. Uh, so your <laughs> wife is not trying to kill you? She's, she's not trying to kill you, no. but she does have the funeral planned out. Yeah, but we've been helping her out along the way. So we have this okay. list of... Uh, do you have her funeral so planned out? You know, here's the problem, Grant, with having grown up in the hospitality in the restaurant industry. Because when you go somewhere and you have a bad experience, you realize how easy it is to deliver a good experience. And so we have a running list of places around the country that are quote-unquote dead to me. And so if you know me, if you you get to know me, you realize that once you're dead to me, you're dead to me. Like there's no coming back. Okay. Okay? And so she's going to read a list of, of things that... That are dead to me, and then at your funeral. At the, yes. Do and you want to tease some of them right yeah. now? Yeah, <laughs> I, I cannot do that. Uh, and then she's going to tell. She's going to have people come up and tell stories about me because I tend to be. I'm a. I'm a pretty. Uh, I'm a somewhat eccentric individual. I mean, a, a, a really good on, story is. is yes, okay. Uh, is uh, we had uh, in 2009, 2008, we moved Raising Canes to Dallas. So. We moved the office to Dallas. Um, How can you live a long time eating raisin canes I'm, I'm and getting, dead dogs? Uh, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm supposed to have a meeting with somebody, and so I'm pretty fastidious. Like, send me an agenda 72 hours in advance. 
I'll show up, I'll read it, I'll make sure I'm prepared, I'll show up early, we'll sit down. Well, this individual was, was late. 45 minutes after the meeting was supposed to start, he walked by the, the conference room and realized that he had missed the meeting. Okay. And for 45 minutes, I sat in that conference room. Now, this gentleman's a really good friend. I just came back from sailing through the Caribbean with him a couple weeks ago. But there are stories of that nature that are somewhat humorous. Uh, uh, that wasn't that humorous. I know. Well, that was okay. Jamie, Jamie I was will, waiting for a punchline. Jamie, what is Jamie will do a better job you, of telling us at my funeral, okay. Grant, so and, just, and okay. we'll make sure you get an agenda, we're just uh, invitation. Our, we're just getting the funeral story of spoilers right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But this is what I wanted to ask you, though. What happens if you're assuming that you're gonna, your wife is going to outlive you? Is she a lot younger than you or something? Uh, well, she did text me to remind. She's a, she is younger than me. Okay. Yes. So she's going to be still going. Well, she's supposed to live till ninety three. So she she'll probably come out about six years. She'll probably die six years after me. She's got six years to go without you. Right. Okay. Yes. All right. Where, Stephanie, where's how this long? number coming from? This ninety three. You know, I don't. Really how do know. I figure that out? I don't. You... Wait, who was the name of the actuary who figured that out? We could call that uh, guy. God, what was his, Ransom Adams was his name. Another great Ransom name. Adams. Yes. Ransom, Ransom Adams. Adams. Mr. Surface. He lives, in, uh, he lives in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. And, uh, yes. And he, he'll tell me the exact date and location. I gave I all kinds of information. <laughs> and like he came show. back he and said, exactly you're going to live to 92, and she's going to live to 93. What is the name of the Admiral again? Roberta Hazard. Hazard. Admiral Hazard. Okay, yeah. so we've got... Mr. Surface, Ransom Adams, and Admiral Hazard. It sounds like a game of Clue. I got almost. Like it sounds like a superhero team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Well, then, like and, and great, you got series. John Neve yeah. as well. Right. So John Constantine ne George's, John, that's another great name. Constantine George's is a great name. Yeah. 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 That, we could add that to a deal. John, idiot. a little more vanilla. But. Okay, so <laughs> are we gonna have, have you got one more like short song John, that we can do? John, she said that. I did not. I did not. It's a great yeah. name. Let's have the bombers do like a short song before we have to get kicked. They kick us out of here so they can make room really? for paying customers at some point. So well, there's still open tables. I know, but we do have to go. So okay. not right yet, though. We've got time for another song and a few more minutes after that. All right. To wrap up. This is our producer, Graham DuPonte, over here doing something. What is she up to? A business meeting, it looks like. It looks like some sort of actuarial type situation. Okay, guys, what's this song? This song is called Morris. It's named for Morris Bart. <laughs> Has this got any of the Lennon McCartney harmonies? We, we're like... huge Morris Bart fans. Okay. We, we actually saw him at the Rolling Stones concert the other night. Oh, and there. we all, were you there? Yeah. It was incredible. It was. Did you see Morris Bart this day? I did not. Did you see Where the bombers? He? He, he just passed by us in the hallway <laughs> and we were like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were pretty excited to see uh -huh. Morris Bart in person. That but, is exciting. Okay, yeah. so uh, this is a song about Morris. It's it's not about him. It's named for him. It's called. It's Morris. in his honor. Yes. Okay. Do whatever you 
Morris Bart. <laughs> or oh, it's called Morris. It's called Morris. Yeah, and that's that, off our first album. I was going to say that is not on Jerry no, Beach. No, that's, that's, that's an older one, actually. Yeah. What was the name of the other record? It was called A Very Exciting Life. A Very Exciting Life from the yeah. Bummers. Hey, Bummers, that's pretty interesting. And has Morris heard that song? We think he has. We, we Maybe. <laughs> our manager met him once and totally lobbied for us, like, we have a song written about you, we should do a video together, and all this stuff. Good and idea. So who's your manager? Uh, her name is Michelle Friedstadt, and okay. she's phenomenal. So you guys yeah. have management and... That's right. Yeah. There you go. You have endorsements. We have an intern, too. You have an intern? Crazy. We got an intern recently. Yeah. So where, where do you play? Where might one see you, luckily? We... You want to say Yeah, well, we're going to be playing at Gasa Gasa on the 29th. Okay. Um, of what month are we talking about here? The, of this month, of July, July 2009. We're also, that's right. we're also doing WGNO on mm -hmm. News with a Twist yeah. on July 23rd. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, and we'll be in Lafayette tomorrow, actually, which is another another tour stop for us. Yeah. Okay. Where are you playing in Lafayette? At the Freetown Free Boom Boom Room. <laughs> okay. You should play at the platform there. The platform. Yeah. Hey, that's part of Dat Dog, right? That's part of Dat Dog. Oh, yeah. that, I've heard of that, yeah, actually. Yeah, 201 Jefferson Street. Nice. There you go. We it's will a look beautiful into that. venue. How's it going in Lafayette, Dat Dog? Is it working? <sighs> Not really. No. No dear. Really? Not yet. Hmm. You know, What's people like it a little different. They love their suburbs. They love their chains. Yeah, that downtown is a sort of strange thing, but and they just yeah. opened right across from you. They just opened the bowling alley. Uh, yeah, rock I don't think they're doing that well either. Mm, you and Rock and Ball should get together. Yeah, Both yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it, that, you know, that's a tough area. 
I was talking to an attorney the other day. He said, you know, 30 years ago I was doing an internship downtown, and 30 years ago we were talking about downtown coming back. They've been talking about revitalizing downtown Lafayette since, like, 1983 yeah, or something. For yeah, real, and they talk about, real. you know, when oil gets, you know, right. I, I don't know. I don't think it's ever coming back. Hmm. Yeah, we'll call bad. that a failed experiment. So you're going to close it down? No, I can't speak to that, but can't we would love that. to have these the young... Bummers. Have the, the bummers. We would love to play bummers play might turn the whole thing around absolutely. for you. And the bummers live from Dad Dogs. Yeah. There you go, absolutely. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just come in and eat a lot of Dad Dogs ourselves. There you go. You come and play, <laughs> and, 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 and we'll you. make sure that you... Uh, you get leave uh, very well. Awesome. Take hey, care listen, of Listen, we got to get the hell out of here. Stephanie, is there anything we should know about what's going on, oh, really, in, in Louisiana Where before do I we leave? Start? Do you have one, like, one paragraph? Uh, we have a governor race. We have a lot of legislative races this fall. There's um, term, term limits. Is that my time? I don't know what that is. <laughs> it is. Uh, term limits, so there are a lot of important legislative races. So everyone has very strong feelings about what's happening in the world. Go vote. Okay. That's it. You don't have any inside scoop on... I, ask me a question. The governor. I don't even know what the governor looks like. Do you guys know what the governor looks yes, like? Yes, I do. He's... Uh, are you Paul, do you know what he looks like? I don't no. see him. No, I mean, really? No, could care less. Wow. All right. Okay. Yeah. And I bet the bummers don't know shit about but politics, you know, do you? We know nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Right. He, he would not like hearing this. Job. He's up for re-election this fall. <laughs> will survive in spite of the politicians. And that's why I love this city. Right. Is we you will we will persevere. Right. Well, the whole state, for that matter. Yeah. Number fifty. Is this not the yeah. place to talk about full communism? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> communism? You can come back and talk about communism next time. That's All next right. show. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys are you guys communists? You got a capitalist here, so. No. Oh, are you guys shit. really communists? <laughs> we dabble. Really? You never hear anyone say I'm a communist. I haven't no, heard anyone. Socialist, any. democratic socialist. Yes. We well, like saying communist. So. It pisses more people off. There you go. It's fascinating because I don't think anyone even remembers what communism is anymore. I don't think we were alive when communism wow. existed. Wow. So. Okay, well, that's to be continued. We've got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, this okay. is The Bummers. Sean Doyle and Ben Shooter from The Bummers. You can go see them at Gasa Gasa and look online for them at the thebummersmusic.com, is it? The, just thebummers.com. Thebummers.com. Yes. Okay. And Paul Tuneman, CEO and market research expert at Dat Dog, is going to live to 92 years old eating hot dogs. There you go. It's been great to meet you. Thank it's you very awesome, much for Grant. coming down. I appreciate you having me. And the New Orleans Advocate slash Line Times Picayune Nola.com columnist Stephanie Grace has been here as well. Thank you, Stephanie, so much for being here. Thank you. I would love to have all you guys back on again. I feel like another. Mm -hmm. we could go for another hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We didn't even get onto communism at all. So <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. You, before we go, thank you very much to Nola Pens, the only pens made from a fallen Audubon Park live oak tree. These one-of-a-kind, expertly crafted, limited edition writing instruments are available at nolapens.com. And that is gorgeous, isn't it? It is. And thanks to the Basics Swim and Gym, Basics Lingerie, Basics Underneath Store, and the Positive Vibrations Foundation, who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. And if you'd like to join our Patreon family, go to patreon.com and search for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And for as little as $1, you can join our It's New Orleans Happy Hour family and possibly get a free 3D chess game, which we've still not given away, which is probably going on now wow. for about nine months. <laughs> the producer of our show is Graham DuPont here, standing right here. Monique Pyle is our music producer, and Christian Unruh is our music consultant. Thomas Walsh is our technical director, and Asher Griffith is our Facebook live feed director who put this whole thing on Facebook Live. If you didn't see it, 
on Facebook Live. You can go to our New Orleans Happy Hour Facebook page and see the whole thing. Our fact checker and social media connector is Andrew Searock Searock, who's not here today. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman if you'd like to be on our show. And you can stay upright for about 60 minutes while drinking alcohol. Drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com, where you can also check out many other happy hours that we've recorded previously, as well as other shows we make around here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Rusciutti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana, Eats with Poppy Token, and our award-winning podcast about death called Death the Podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on a bunch of time-sucking social media like, for example, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and all of it we're called It's New Orleans. If you'd like to find photos from this show, you can find them on itsneworleans.com and on our New Orleans Facebook page. What does that mean? On our It's New Orleans Facebook page. These photos are taken today by Jill Lafleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment if you've got one to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can follow us and get Happy Hour delivered to you each week. This show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street, Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Andrew Duhon is on the road somewhere. You can find him at andrewduhon.com and see if he's in a town near you. For Andrew, everyone else around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at INO Broadcasting. Thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hour.